Hello, Empowered Nation. Welcome to Empower Her Money podcast. I am your host, Angela Duncan, money coach, and I am super excited to bring to you today, Emily, and she's going to share her story and kind of how she got to where she's at today. And this podcast is dedicated to all of our women, female entrepreneurs, wherever you are at in your journey, no matter what your past looks like, you can get started today. All it takes is one idea, one implementation, and one connection, and that's how you can move to the next level of success. So welcome, Emily. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks so much, Angela, for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So let's talk about your journey, kind of how you got to where you're at now, and what did that look like for you? Yeah, so I'll try and keep it short. I feel like there were a lot of uh, curves and turns uh, in the uh, journey here, but um, I have, I now can officially say I own two businesses. I co-own a wedding and event venue down here in Miami, where I'm located, and I I own that with my husband. So we co-run that, which is pretty fun pretty fun, very fun. (laughs) Um, And then uh, I also just finally got approval to launch my own RIA, which in the financial services industry basically means you own or run your own financial planning practice. So I, after four months, I just got official approval from the state of Florida and I'm really excited about that. But um, it's kind of funny because people are always like, wedding industry, financial services, those are so different. How, like, how did that happen? And I feel like both kind of, I didn't never, I didn't ever really intentionally set out for either of those. Um, But I've been doing financial planning for almost 12 years now, or in the wealth management uh, world for about 12 years now. Um, I, I, when I was back in college, I thought I was going to be joining the Peace Corps after college. Uh, wow. I wanted to go live abroad, experience other cultures, like hopefully help people and make a positive impact along the way. Um, but the summer before my senior year of college, I got an internship at Merrill Lynch in New York City. Uh, and I'm from Ohio originally. I went to school in Indiana. I went to IU. Uh, so I was pretty excited for the opportunity to live in New York City. I had studied abroad in Ecuador. The second semester of my junior year. So I was coming from like, you know, this love of traveling and um, going from Ecuador to Quito to New York City was going to be like pretty thrilling, a a big difference, uh, but keeping me on my toes. So went and had the internship, thought it was pretty interesting. uh, And then they offered me like, right as I got started my senior year of college, they offered me a job offer um, for after I graduated for full time uh, back at my Royal Lynch office in New York City. Uh, So I I, didn't know if I wanted to go into finance. My dad had been in, had been a financial advisor. um, And I just never really thought I'd be following in his footsteps. Um, but I was, I looked around at all of my friends senior year who were stressed out trying to like figure out what they were going to do next and applying to all these jobs. And I was like, I already have a job lined up in New York city. They're giving me a signing bonus to move there. 
I think I have to try this out. So I did. And I actually honestly did not like my first job at all. It was more like behind the scenes, operational. I kind of like was almost a float person. So I was filling in a lot of different roles, but I wasn't really client facing and I wanted to be. So I was there for a little over a year. And then I met um, uh, the team I ended up working with for about 10 years. Uh, and they were in another Merrill Lynch office in New York, same building. Um, and they needed like an assistant position. So at that point, I was like, I'll take anything. I was applying to all these things. I almost gave up on finance. I was like, I tried the finance industry and I just don't want to be here. I'm going to go, you know, uh, I'm going to like work for a cruise line or an airline. I just want to travel and get out there. But uh, long story short, I took the job uh, as an assistant to three financial advisors, two two teams or two books of business that worked very closely together. Uh, and, and I ended up really, really loving it. They were great. Um, I learned so much from them. And in 2000, when did I get it? 2017, I got my CFP, which is Certified Financial Planner. Very um, hard thing I, to get, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was a lot of work there for like a, a year. Or so it was like, you know, had to say no to a lot of, uh, fun things. Um, yeah. And I love my... that, that part of your story too. There's a book called three feet from gold. It was, yeah. you were kind of at that transition point. Do I stop this and go somewhere yes. else, but no, I'm going to stay here. And then just on the other side of that thought came this opportunity. So it was amazing that you stayed, you know, on that path, even though you could have gone differently at that time. Um, a lot, a lot of times people will stop and then yeah. move without yeah. kind of seeing it through. So I love that part yeah. of your story. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That's a really good way to look at it. Cause I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I knew I, I love so much about the wealth management and financial planning world. Like I got to work with people and I felt like I was helping people. And, you know, I know you work with a lot of women and help them with money. That was such a big motivator for me because as an assistant on my team, I saw, a lot of, you know, it, it, what I really saw was a lot of um, uh, widowed women, widowers, and they're, they're, you know, maybe in their 70s, 80s, 90s, whatever, their spouses passed away, and then they had no idea what their money situation is. They didn't know where they had accounts, and then it just added so much stress in on top of losing their, their spouse. And I was like, I feel like there's a better way to do this. You know, I get like in a, in a relationship, there's division of, of, you know, tasks and stuff, but, you know, just to, to be totally oblivious to your financial situation was like, I, I saw the, the negative impacts of that. So I was like, I, I think I, I want to stay and I want to try and make a difference. Um, so I ended up uh, moving in from an assistant position to a financial advisor position on my team. Super fortunate that my the financial advisors I work for like created a whole new position for me. That was really awesome. And I learned so, so, so much for, from them. Uh, and uh, then kind of jumping uh, fast forward a couple of years, uh, the pandemic hits. I'm sure it was a very monumental moment for a lot of people. A lot of things changed for, for many people. Uh, I was I was not immune to that either. So I ended up living in New York City. My girlfriend, my my one of my closest friends uh, called me like the week that everything shut down, our offices shut down. And she's like, hey, why don't you come with me? To, why don't you come stay at my apartment with me this weekend? We'll try and figure out what's going on because we both live by ourselves. Like that sounds a lot better than being trapped in my apartment by myself, not having any clue what's going on and 
like just panicking. So anyways, long story short, we, she was supposed to go to Key West that following week. She had that planned vacation time because her parents live there. She's going to go visit them for a week. But then when everything shut down, we were all like, what's going on? She's like, she convinced me, uh, you should come down to Key West with me. I'll feel a lot better if you come with. And our office was closed at the time. So I was like, sure, that sounds great. So we bought mm-hmm. a last minute plane ticket. There were three of us on the plane. We went down to Key West. I had an overnight bag with me. Like I truly thought I was going to be there for maybe a week. And I ended up um, the day after we got there, everything shut down. Like US one into the keys shut down. Flights, like all pretty much all flights stopped. It was crazy. Um, so I ended up staying for four months. Two of those months I lived on a boat, which was a really, really cool experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, and down in Key West is where I met my now husband. Um, he was living in Miami at the time, well, lives in Miami, was living in Miami. Uh, and we connected down in the Keys. Basically the last week I was down there, I went back up to New York. We did long distance for a while. And then eventually I was like, well, if we're going to make this work, I'm going to come down to you because my office was closed. So I was working fully remotely, whereas he had to still go into his office because he's in an emergency position. Um, so long story short, we ended up buying a five acre property down here in Miami. Um, we're in the agricultural district, which is not necessarily, definitely not what you think of when you think of Miami. (laughs) I will say that too. I I moved down here about a year and a half ago from Tampa. And when I moved down here and I saw like horse ranches and farms, like in my mind, when I picture Miami, I never thought that that even existed down here. So that's incredible that you're part of that. Yeah. Yeah. Really cool. So I went from like a little one bedroom, three-story walk up in Brooklyn, five acre property with a lot of, we have a plant nursery and half the property. And, and then, so we ended up, Mike is my husband. He's always wanted to have a bamboo farm. I've always thought it'd be really cool to have a bed and breakfast. I think that comes from my love of traveling. Um, So somewhere in between those, those two like dreams, I guess, um, we ended up starting an event venue on our property. So about an acre and a half is dedicated to an event venue and we have more intimate like weddings and birthday parties, community events, all that kind of stuff. But it actually, there's a lot of similarities between financial planning and wedding planning because you're, you're working with people and you get to help them like, like turn dreams into realities, which is really, really cool. It's super rewarding. Um, but yeah, n- none of where I'm at like 10 years ago or, or well before I'm a little older than that, but when I was in college, somebody told me this is where you'd be at, you know, in your, in your thirties, I'd be like, <laughs> I'd look at them like they had two heads. Yep. So what I love about your story is you had said early on, you wanted to make an impact. So even though the Peace Corps wasn't where you ended up, Today, you still are because you're making an impact on people's weddings, which is such an emotional you know, transition, but also in the financial advisor world where you talked about widows and what I call accidental investors, whether it's you know, investments or real estate. That is a huge reason why I do the podcast is because for many years, you know, women have just said, oh, husband, you take control of the finances. But it's so important for us to at least have some base information because we typically live longer, right? Um, And so we need to understand money. We need to know where is it invested? How do we invest? And so that's a big reason why I started this podcast is so we can empower other women, just giving them 
enough information so that they can take control of the finances and be part of that household decision too. So I love that about your story. And I feel like you're leading with your heart, which is what us women do, whether it's in business or investing, you know, we, we come from a heart place first, different yeah. than our male counterparts. So yes. <laughs> yeah. And I love the venue idea. And I was just thinking about you because at my property, um, I live in Miami as well. And I had these huge bamboo trees and they're so gorgeous that they shed like crazy. And I, I got tired of cleaning up the backyard. So I cut them back a little bit. And my neighbor's like, oh my God, you cut the bamboos. And I felt bad, but you know, I was like, um, yeah, but they'll grow back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's actually healthy to do that. It's like part of their maintenance and TLC. So <laughs> oh, very good. Very good. Yeah. So if somebody wanted to get started, obviously in the RIA space, it's a little bit more difficult to start, but let's talk about the wedding venue itself. Mm -hmm. If yeah. someone listening to this podcast wanted to get started and create that kind of environment for weddings, what would you recommend? Yeah. I mean, it's been a really big journey and I feel like we're still getting started. So we just celebrated our one year anniversary since our grand opening uh, back in mid-June. And I we still have so many big plans for the venue, but it was, I mean, a lot of things made it happen. Um, I think we get asked a lot, especially I think by parents of maybe couples that come through I, a lot of them assume that we inherited the property or, you know, our parents funded it or whatever the case may be, but we really bootstrapped a lot of this. Um, so we were, a lot of things fell into place for us uh, that made it happen. One, my husband was in the army for 10 years. So as a veteran, he gets like, there's a lot of veteran services out there. And one of them is, is favorable mortgages. So when he was going to buy the the property, first of all, we got in probably two weeks before the Miami housing market exploded at the very mm -hmm. end of 2020 and then into 2021. So we we couldn't have been luckier with the timing of buying the property. Um, but but his him being able to get a VA loan for the house gave us a lot more flexibility. We didn't have to put the 20% down. We didn't, we didn't have to do the PMI insurance, all that kind of stuff. Um, so that was super, super helpful. Um, and then I had come into it with, with some money saved because I had, I'm, I'm, if we talk about money stories at all, like, uh, I grew up very, like my, my parents are, especially my mom is, and I love her dearly. Uh, she is so frugal. And so, you know, we all grew up with that, you know, kind of not, I don't think it's a money scarcity idea, but very conservative with money and, right. and v just very frugal. Um, so I like coming into this when we, when we bought the house, like I had some money saved because I saved a lot when I, well, I tried to save a lot in New York. New York's obviously a very expensive city. It's kind of hard to save too much, um, depending, of course, your situation. But um, I'd been planning on buying a place in New York. So I was saving for that. So I did come in with some money saved up, which was helpful as we started getting got started with the process, but really what helped us because we, we basically, the previous owners had horses. So it was a, we had a big horse pasture and a, and a kind of an older open stables for the horses. So we, we took the open field and converted that into the venue. So we really started from scratch. Um, the, the, the only things that, that were really here were 
big oak trees. We have some oak trees here that have probably been in the property 60, 70, 80 plus years. So we kept those and then kind of built around those. But I mean, we put in probably about 2000 plants in the last two years. We've put in a ton of pavers, pathways, um, features, the whole shebang. We're currently an outdoor venue, although we're, we're in the process of um, trying to start the start the process of building an indoor space, which is super exciting. Um, but but a lot of the way we're able to afford what we've been doing is because the value of the property almost doubled from the time oh. we bought it in that short amount of time because of the housing market explosion in Miami. So we've been able to tap into the equity of the home to pay for a lot of the renovations. Um, so that 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 is how we've been able to do most of it. And then just recently, as we started the process of hopefully putting an indoor space on the on site, um, I think because now we have a proven track record, we've booked about 66 events in the last year, which wow. is pretty exciting. I don't know how that stacks up, like, but it feels good for us. It's definitely way better than we ever could have imagined, especially for the first year of business. Um, so now that we have a little bit of a proven track record, we've gotten some personal loans from, from family members that, you know, originally were like, what are you doing? You're crazy. Now they see your success. So some of those takeaways, exactly. you were preparing to buy a house before you bought a house. So that was great. You took advantage of some tools that were available to you, which is awesome. You had an idea about a business and then you took massive action, right? And you're putting in the work to create it and continue to create it and make it a better experience. So those are some great takeaways as well. Thanks. So I always like to end the podcast with a fun question. Um, yeah. If you could have a superpower or a super strength, what would it be and why? I think I would want to teleport, be able to teleport because mm -hmm. there's so many places I would love to be at the same time. Growing up in Ohio, my parents still live in Ohio. My brother now lives in Michigan. I went to school in Indiana. So a lot of my college girlfriends and my high school friends are all scattered throughout the Midwest. And then I lived in New York for 10 years. So I have my New York city friends and family, I have family up in New York as well. Um, I have stepkids and they live in New Mexico um, for part of the year. And we have them for part of the year here in Florida. So there are just always so many places I want to be at once. So I think the ability to to teleport instead of having to buy plane tickets and you know all the frustrations with normal travel would be a great superpower yeah that would be awesome save time save money and yeah. hopefully your luggage arrives with you on time <laughs> exactly probably a real issue if it didn't yeah, <laughs> they lost somewhere is. in the <laughs> yeah so emily if our guests want to get a hold of you either for the financial advisor company that you have or for the wedding venue here in south florida how do they reach you yeah, so um, the venue, we're called the Gardens of Weber Manor. Uh, so our probably Instagram's the easiest way to find us. Of course, we have a website and email and everything, but all of our contact info is on Instagram. We're just at the Gardens WM, WM for Weber Manor. Uh, and then for the for financial planning, um, I'm emily at financeasaverb.com. Uh, that's my email address. And my company is called FAVE, F-A-A-V, which stands for finance as a verb. So oh, yeah. awesome. Awesome. Very unique name. So thank you again, Emily, for being on our podcast today, where our goal and mission is to empower women 
you are one connection, one idea, one implementation away from massive success. So hopefully you guys have learned something today with Emily and all of the knowledge that she has brought to the podcast today. And please do share the podcast. We continue to empower women and hope that we are creating just an incredible world around us. So Emily, thank you again for today. I really appreciate you being on the podcast. Thanks so much, Angela. Really appreciate it.